and welcome to Deep Dives with ISPU. I'm Kat Copeland, ISPU's Director of Communications, excited to share a conversation today with one of our project primary investigators. Let's get into it. We know that Native Americans make up about 1.8% of the general population in the United States. Muslims also make up a very small percentage of the U.S. population, with most estimates showing that just over 1% of Americans are Muslim. Within that small faith community, according to ISP research, about 1% to 2% of Muslims are Native American. We know that Americans who are Muslim and Native American both experience toxic stereotypes, harmful biases, rank racism, and invisibility. So what do we know about this tiny community within the body of American Muslims? The answer, it turns out, isn't much. Yet. A new ISPU project entitled Exploring Native American and Indigenous Muslim Stories, or NAMES as we've been calling it, will explore the experiences of Native American and Indigenous Muslims. It will amplify the vital and too little known stories of Native American and Indigenous Muslims, and outline their struggles, strengths, and unique needs. These findings will be the only data of its kind that we know of to highlight this group. I want to share that NAMES is generously supported by a grant from the Doris Duke Charitable Foundation. Today, I'm joined by our primary investigator for this project, Brennan McDaniel. Brennan is a PhD student in the American Studies Department at Yale University. He received an MA from Columbia University in 2019, and a BA from Vassar College in 2017. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy to be having this conversation, excited to share more with our listeners about this project. I wanted to first ask you about your own studies, which as you say, are nested primarily between Islamic studies and Native American indigenous studies. What brings you to this work? Thanks so much, Kat. I generally imagine myself Having fallen into this work pretty serendipitously, uh, I grew up in South Florida, but my father's family is uh, all from East Tennessee, Southwest Virginia area, from a community sort of known sort of colloquially as the Melungeons. In my undergraduate career, I uh, you know, was wanting to sort of uh, do a community-based project, and I generally arrived at this work through literary studies, you know, was generally uh, in a lot of African-American, Native American literature classes, sort of looking at public documents and census records and broad body of literature, whether Appalachian folk stories myths and legends that sort of reference, you know, dark-skinned people in the mountains, you know, but these people ostensibly, you know, who were racial outcasts, you know, sort of living counter to burgeoning industrial economy in the in the mountain south. In a lot of this rhetoric is sort of where images of uh, Muslims and Native people sort of coalesce. And there's a lot of speculation of not only sort of uh, racial ambiguity, but religious ambiguities you know, sort of the presumption that these people were so difficult to reckon with and categorize because they, you know, simply didn't fit the mold of what, you know, Native peoples or any other sort of broader racial community in the in the mountains sort of looked like at the time. I think over the course of my earlier graduate career, I just became more and more convinced of this idea that this association of Indigenous peoples and Muslims together that actually spans the Americas was, you know, no coincidence that there was meaning there that sort of goes beyond, you know, what people might think. You have both, you know, Native peoples and African Muslims for hundreds of years now in the Americas under conditions of domination, under conditions of cruelty and enslavement. 
total uprooting from any normal life. And the, the story that's mainly told is obviously one of the suffering and the violence that took place. And of course, it is a story of how race became, you know, substantiated as an idea, right? It's sort of um, a way for Western European monarchies to kind of order the rest of the world. What what we don't hear about is the fact that there necessarily had to be moments of refuge and escape and community and, dare I say, even intimacy. And one of the things that, you know, I, I constantly hear, you know, at least sort of in earlier on in grad school, when I'm generally talking about this project is right, you know, um, the, the, the one comment I would hear so often is like, well, are there even any native Muslims? The the community of indigenous Muslims is actually inordinately diverse. You know, um, the American Muslim community is broadly perhaps the most racially, ethnically diverse Muslim community. And I think the same is true for the indigenous Muslim community as well. That's actually was going to be my next question is what do we already know about Native American and indigenous Muslims? If you could outline why this is such a unique community worthy of the study. Native Americans perhaps constitute between one and two percent of the general U.S. population. The community of American Muslims is roughly one percent of the broader American population. So what we do know is that, you know, Native Americans actually make up one percent of that Muslim community that makes up one percent of the U.S. And they come from various different tribal nations. A large number may be converts to Islam, but certainly not all. Native Muslims certainly constitute, you know, what people would call an understudied group. No one has ever really attempted to survey Native Muslims as a whole, or at least to the level that ISPU is doing. And that's exactly, you know, why we're doing it. I would love to for you to kind of give some insight into what we're expecting the NAMES project to help us discover, you know, when when this research is complete, what do we hope to have? The project is you know, first and foremost about collecting interviews with Native Muslims, right? And um, the goal of those interviews is to really try and understand their challenges, their stories, where they shine, their needs, their concerns in and outside of their communities, generally just, you know, who they are as people, um, as practicing uh, Indigenous Muslims in the U.S. who are consistently just erased or forgotten about or, you know, imagined not to exist just, you know, by virtue of how Islam and Native America are placed at a distance from each other. The, the project in general is uh, placing a really big focus on, you know, having this be a photo story project as well. So very intentional about capturing, you know, these people's stories to sort of showcase the diversity of the Native Muslim community or the Native American Muslim community, rather. This isn't the first project that we've undertaken where we've used both qualitative and quantitative methods, as well as storytelling um, and even photography to kind of feature the, the fullness of people's stories. We will be hiring a photographer that will also be on hand to help us capture some images. So this is going to be a, a very dimensional project. I'd love to hear what kind of challenges lend themselves to this research topic? What strategies are we taking to navigate them? As a percentage, small percentage of a small percentage, you know, one of those challenges is finding people. The findings in the project, like it's it's simply impossible to, you know, represent the Native American Muslim community it's in, in its entirety. It is important to say that, you know, at the same time that, you know, the findings, you know, will pretty much be the only data of its kind that we know of to kind of highlight a population that, you know, has been rendered invisible to, you know, kind of the fullest extent of that word. 
So, you know, having a visual component, I think, is pretty central to this project. So, you know, so it's not simply, you know, who are Native Muslims, uh, sort of, you know, it's not simply counting Native peoples or sort of, you know, where they live, you know, perhaps what their school of thought in Islam may be or what mosques they go to, right? Of course it is this, but, you know, I think the project is intentionally trying to be so much more than that, that it's not simply just about representing them in numbers or representing them as statistics or as trying to rather represent them in their fullest complexity, right? Also to represent them on their own terms, to sort of to have to wade through, you know, the kinds of, you know, shared and distinct uh, stereotyping and uh, or racial stereotyping that, you know, Native peoples and Muslims experience, at least as uh, specified in the uh, in the grant. The project hopes to, you know, explore the unique experiences of uh, Native American uh, and Indigenous Muslims uh, in the United States, of course, hoping to break down the kind of monolithic idea that is attached to both Native Americans, the term Native American, of course, suggesting a collective that never actually existed, right, that, you know, Native peoples compromise hundreds of different tribal nations across the continent. Um, And generally, you know, the project is largely, uh, you know, an awareness building project, right? It's hoping to further understand their needs within the American Muslim community, but also within the needs of their respective tribal nations. On top of interviews and the visual storytelling components of the project, we're hoping to undertake um, to focus groups with Native non-Muslims to sort of try and understand, and again, not an overall comprehensive view, but in general, trying to understand how the non-Muslim community members, how uh, their respective tribal nations or how their uh, non-Muslim family and community members, how they themselves understand Islam and um, how they might understand their loved one converting to Islam and what, you know, what their even challenges um, and experiences may be, right? You know, the idea being that the, the needs of indigenous Muslims, you know, extend even beyond themselves as individuals, right? That, you know, for instance, you know, what would it be like to support a family member in a community context who converted to Islam, right? That, you know, none of these stories have, you know, really made it out there per se. And I think that that's part of, you know, one of the big strengths of the project too. That's what I wanted to ask you about next. What are you excited for about this project? What's what's the most compelling piece of it to you? What I'm most excited about is the fact that this project really is, you know, I'm skeptical of claims of newness, but, you know, this project really is, I do believe, you know, cutting edge. Um, I do think that it is pretty much the first of its kind. You know, the team has been very deliberate about understanding that and sort of, you know, responding and being very meticulous in what that looks like. I'm excited that it's a team of Native peoples from across the United States, scholars of Islam, scholars of Native religion, and others, and friends, right, uh, coalescing into one team with the intention of really trying to shed light on the unique experiences and needs and concerns of the Native American Muslim community. So if you, listener, like me, have heard all of this and have, have gotten very excited about this research, you you want to know more, I can tell you we're actually still looking for people to, to be involved, be a participant in this research, actually. So, Brendan, can you tell us how can people get involved? The project is still in its participant recruitment state. We're recruiting American Muslim adults who identify as Native American Indigenous, who have active ties to a contemporary Native community who want to be part of this project. 
And if that's you, I would encourage you to email uh, names. That's N-A-I-M-S at ISPU.org. I'd be looking forward to have any listener uh, get involved. Thank you, Brennan. This was so wonderful to have some insight into this project. I'm so happy that we took a moment at the beginning of this project to outline what's to come because I think it'll go a long way towards, you know, really getting people excited about this amazing research that you're working on. Yeah, I'm so excited, you know, to see where we end up and everything that we learn along the way. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you to Brennan McDaniel for this conversation and for sharing information on this exciting new study. To participate or learn more about the Native American and Indigenous Muslim Stories Project or any of our projects, please feel free to email us at info at ispu.org. For updates on research like the Names Project and other topics related to American Muslim communities, sign up for our mailing list at ispu.org. Follow us on Facebook at the ISPU, on Twitter at the ISPU, and on Instagram at the underscore ISPU. Don't forget to subscribe to Deep Dives with ISPU wherever podcasts are found and leave us a review if you enjoyed what you heard today and would like to hear more conversations like this going forward. Thank you for listening.